Welcome to this special edition of The Drive. It is OTA day number two here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. I am Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, and we are here live until 1 o'clock today as the Steelers uh, take part in their second on-field OTA practice. And, uh, Matt, it's a... uh, Beautiful day here in Pittsburgh. Beautiful and noisy day too here. Well, you get the trains <laughs> we, we get going the earphones, by. Right, you get right, the, right. You get a little music playing while the team. They turn. They do a lot turn of energy the music, too. They turn the music off when they break up the individual. Right, 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 right. Start into the team portion of practice. A couple but, minutes uh, ago, though, it was going good. And then we've got the train going by, and a lot of uh, a lot of bodies here, a lot of energy. So the place is buzzing. Absolutely, it is, and uh, well, a lot more bodies here today. Uh, hint, hint, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, there have been, uh, we're here yesterday, but uh, that's all we're going to say about that. Um, Matt, uh, now that you had a day to digest what you saw yesterday, anything stand out to you? Yeah, definitely some things. You know, I mean, we could even go position by position of, you know, where this team's at. And, you know, we could start with Kenny Pickett. I mean, he's in a lot different place now than one year ago, obviously. You know, I mean, this is his team now. He's clearly the one. You know, you mentioned that he said in his interview yesterday that he's tacked on some weight. I liked hearing that because by no means was I watching him going, boy, he looks heavy or sluggish. You yeah. know, I mean, he, he looks just as... That's what he mentioned when he said he goes, I, I, I added some weight mm-hmm. and kept my speed. Yeah, yeah. And of course... So it's I wa- good weight. It's not... It, that, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. He probably put it on the right way and slowly and, you know, in, as everyone knows, as you get older, you add a little weight, whether you like it or not, in, yeah. in ways as well. Uh, but, I mean, of course, I watched him at Pitt, and I liked him coming out. But I was even shocked as a rookie how light on his feet he is, how explosive of a mover he is, how twitchy he is. That's the word I was really looking for, especially with, you know, free rushers bearing down on him. And when, when he mentioned, you know, I added the weight, I'm like, boy, I hope he doesn't lose any of that. Yeah. And I don't think he has. I mean, it's one practice that we've seen. And, and if he can do that with a little more armor on his body, that'd be great. Yeah, it's funny. I, I talked to uh, Ross Collegey, who was the uh, – he was a defensive line coach at Wisconsin. He's now at Stanford. But okay. before being the, the offensive line coach at, at Wisconsin, he was their strength and conditioning coach. Okay. And we were talking about Keanu Benton, and Benton wrestled at 285 in high school. Okay. So I asked him, I said, you know, when you got him as a freshman, you know, was he at 280, 285, or was, was, did he come in heavier? He goes, well, you know, he was right around 285 – because uh, he had just come out of wrestling, basically. Mm-hmm. He said, but we get a lot of guys that come in, you know, that are naturally that weight, and they feel like they have to put on weight yeah. when they get to college, and it's never good weight. And as you know, wrestlers are kind of a, a different beast, too, because they have to be between X weight and X yeah. weight, you know, and some of them have a real hard time getting that heavy or staying that light or whatever. And you, you know they're in shape. You know, a wrestler comes to you – know, we used to recruit wrestlers like crazy, especially on the line. They get to Wisconsin, Pitt, wherever. You know they're in shape. You know they're tough. But yeah. you don't necessarily know how big can he get, where should he be for football. You know what I mean? I mean, having a little bit of fat on your body doesn't hurt you in football as much as, you know, wrestling where you want to trim it as much as possible if you're having a hard time getting into your weight class or whatever. Yeah, largely the same thing with uh, our fellow Pitt Johnstown product, uh, Carlton Hasselring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Carlton was a natural 285 pounds. Did never lifted a weight in college. That's just what he is. Just, just what he was. <laughs> right. Was just built that be, way. Right, yeah. yeah. Just built that way. So I, I look at Benton kind of the same way that, you know, you, you have that weight. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you get to Wisconsin, he said he really worked hard to, to get his body. Mm-hmm. You know, up to the, the 305, 310 that he is now. And sometimes when kids get 19, 20, 21 years old and 
eat better than they did at home and yeah. have a different program, you're going to get the 300 in a heartbeat. Some won't, you know. Yeah, but I look at that guy, um, 95, and he doesn't look fat. <laughs> I mean, no, no, he no, is no, a no. natural uh, big dude. You know, six four, three oh nine is what he's listed at, and he's every bit of that. Um, again, reminds me of uh, uh, the same body type as Tyson Alualu. What uh, stood out that to me? Base. So yesterday there was more offense in front of our face. Yeah. You know, so I definitely felt like I watched a lot more offense than I did defense. But some of the glimpses on defense, you saw the, a, a D line. I'm still even learning the numbers. My mind doesn't work well with jersey numbers. My son makes fun of me all the time. I just kind of know who they are without even like you yeah. know the stars. I don't know their numbers as well. You as recognize I how they ride. Yeah, I just, that stuff. so yeah. this time of year, my mind is always. I, I keep a roster handy, which is a little embarrassing. But seeing him, I was like, whoa, who's that? And it was the way he ran. It, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of reminded me when I started coming to practices, you know, five, six years ago or whatever, when the, we started to drive. And I always talk about this, watching Tuit and Hayward chase the ball. <laughs> it, it was like a herd of buffaloes coming right I don't know if you I've know ever I mean? told this story on, on the air, Matt. <laughs> so one time. You feel this, ground shake. This, you is, know? this is probably like 2015, 2016, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. And we're out at training camp, and I'm standing on the sidelines. And Le'Veon Bell was at the height of his Yeah, really playing his powers. Well. Yeah, yeah. And there was a, a pass to the sideline right in front of me to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, going down to look like a little wheel route down the sideline. And Hayward and Tuit were in on defense, and they both took off, and they're running to try to cut Le'Veon Bell off. Mm-hmm. And they're both running straight at me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like a couple of big, you know, Tyrannosaurus Rexes coming at me. Yeah. And I swear to God, I peed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I may have been standing right next to you because it was about that long yeah, ago. Like, and I remember wow. the two of them in particular, but the whole defense was yeah. pursuing the ball. But Thundering those two, at you like that. I mean, you felt the ground shake. Like, if you're in the front row of, the, of AccuSure Stadium, you would not even know that. I mean, you have yeah. to be that close. And I got the same feel watching Benton run across the field because he's very smooth and he's fast. You know I mean? Yeah. He's, call him a nose if you want. A natural but he can athlete. Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A natural athlete, which yeah. you don't often find at that at those positions. It's Absolutely. Particularly, you know – Yes, they're athletes if they're if they're playing in the NFL, but there might be a misconception that if there's an NT next to his name that he's he not going to be that guy. Yeah, he can't but run. He can run. Yeah, he can really run, and I, I, even more so than what you saw at the combine or his forty times or those type of things. It's different here in pads chasing the ball, of course, in cleats on grass, but he covers a lot of ground. Well, even his forty time, it, it wasn't bad. It was in the right? low fives. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. five point. 04 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was that, a good tester. Really yeah. excellent for, yeah. a, for a nose tackle. I mean, most of those guys move like glaciers. Exactly, you know? exactly. So, no, he definitely stood out. And, and I kind of knew they would, I mean, just to stick with this theme. But the entire rookie class, the, the draftable players, they really look good. You know, yeah. that doesn't mean they're going to be good. But everyone they've added, including the free agents, but especially the draft class, they're all way too big to ride the ride, let alone being big enough to get on the Thunderbolt. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you see the, the size of a, you know, a Joey Porter Jr. or Corey right. Trice, and that stands out right away when you look at those two guys. Yep, compared um, to NFL players that are successful. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Yeah, they're, they're bigger than than bigger than what you get away with. I mean, yeah. if you look and at that. Washington you, just jumps off the page, too, yeah. of course. And we're expected today, I can, I can make this announcement, this hasn't changed. We'll get Patrick Peterson on today at noon. Yeah, I'm so going to ask him about those young Another corners. big guy. Yeah, he's big, too. I mean, he was like 220 at his combine. I Which don't know is how, a, right. insane. He ran he ran a low four threes. 
at, at 6'2", 220, 220 at his, at his uh, individual workout when he was coming out. It's like, a shutdown, lockdown, top five corner. I mean, that's yeah, – right, right. Sauce you know, Gardner, Ramsey type, you know. I, I saw Rod Woodson at the height of his sure. powers. I covered the team all the way back then. And Rod was, you know, 6'1", 210. Yeah. This guy's bigger. He's bigger, but almost equally as fast. Yeah, in his pro- in his prime. I'm sure he doesn't run a four three. No, now. no. Nor does he have to. But, but I mean, there, I there aren't many that do. I am interested in the chat with him a little bit about how he's transformed his game a little bit. You know, from you know we talked about this a lot yesterday. The you know the, your your axis. The one axis is athlete slash your body, and the other one's your mind and knowledge. And one of them dwindles while the other one usually rises. And you know, it, it, where is he in that? graph and right that, now yeah. you know yeah for sure um definitely um you mentioned Pickett. um he looks sharp he just looks like he's he's in uh, such a and this, i'm not breaking any news here he's in a much better place right now than he was a year ago at this no time. question no question i mean i think that's a credit to the organization that they make him feel that way you know that you all, we have confidence in you. We, 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 this is your team. You know, I mean, they, they've made that clear with their moves. I'm sure they make it clear behind the walls when we're not here. And frankly, a year ago, anything you saw from that was negative, how on earth could you blame them? I mean, or yeah. any of these rookies at this point yeah. too. And we had, we, we had a good discussion yesterday about the balancing act the team had last year at this time of trying to get Trubisky, who is new, ready for week one, get Rudolph the snaps he deserves, and your first-round rookie to get developed as much as you possibly can for the long term or whenever, you know, is it was hard. Where this year, you know who's going to get what. Yeah, oh, for, you know. for sure. And the other thing, and I think this is something that was a, maybe a little bit undervalued in the re-signing of Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Having a number three who can go out and run an NFL offense. Yes, Absolutely. Is, you know, if your number three guy can't get your, your your third team in and out of the huddle. Right. There's a lot to be said. I mean. Right. We, we, can't, we can't get anything done. Yeah, we can't get any, we can't We can't look at these these young receivers we want to look no. at. We can't look at this, this offensive line because he's screwing, you know, he's screwing this. Like, mm-hmm. Especially I, in the preseason games that oh, are coming up. You yeah. Know, he's going to. He's going to be overqualified for his duty in the preseason, and that's fine. And it's, it's fine, right? You know, because again, it give you know if you you're, you're you've got guys fighting for that sixth receiver spot on your roster. Yeah, you want them. You want to have a fair chance to to evaluate those guys. Yeah, and yeah. you can't do that. I, I've seen some you know third and fourth string quarterbacks over the years that you're like, I, it's just not fair to these guys. It's not. It's not. I, I mean, my only concern, which this is just life in the NFL, is. You hope you're able to protect Rudolph enough, too. But with the depth of this O-line through the preseason, I don't think that's a problem. I don't think they're going to be yeah. trotting out a lot of, you know, lawyers and accountants <laughs> in the preseason <laughs> trying to block for these guys. But you're right. I mean, if you've got a, a third-string quarterback that's either new or just over his head or not an NFL player, you know, all these route progressions, one to two, well, if two's wide open and he doesn't even see him or even yeah, doesn't he never go makes there, it that far. Right. Yeah. I mean, of course, the coaches watch the, the tape and say, well, the receiver did all the right things, but it would have been nice if he got the ball. Yeah, you'd like to see if he catches it. Right. Yeah. And what happens after? You know, he, he ran a route perfectly. The play call was how it was designed, and the ball never came out. You know, that's a hard thing to evaluate. Yeah. I, I can also remember talking to Bruce Arians back in the day and him talking about having to teach some of these young quarterbacks that are coming out of the spread offense mm-hmm. where they've got the Donald Duck sign oh, on the yeah, sidelines yeah. and all that stuff. How to call play in a huddle. Some of them never even taken a snap from center. 
Yeah, they're push their all hands that behind stuff. somebody's butt. And, and so he, you know, he used to he's basic got, stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, right, right. quarterback basics. There are tight ends that come out. Many that have never put their hand in the dirt. Many They're lined many, up many. in line. It's one of the many reasons the tight ends have such a hard rookie two, three, four, th- you know, first couple of years. Let I mean, alone reading stuff on the fly. Reading things on the fly. <laughs> right, right. But a lot of people think tight ends struggle because there has to be tackles and wide receivers. Not as much. I mean, they're not blocking yeah. T.J. Watt man on man. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's they just don't get asked to do much at all at the college level. I mean, some of them are just receivers or run three routes. Yeah, they're guys that went to school as a receiver, and they mm-hmm. happen to be six three or six four. And the coach said, "Hey, why don't you put on twenty pounds? We're going to make you a, t- a tight end." Yeah, and, and as much as I adore Darnell Washington, I think he's a phenomenal draft pick. He's a tight end. I mean, he's a tight end, <laughs> but he didn't run a you know a, a real diverse route tree at Georgia. No, I mean, he no. was the number two tight end on a powerhouse team. I mean, uh, I, and he didn't have that many catches. I mean, you watch his highlight tapes, like, well, there's another seam route. But, I mean, is he reading safeties on the fly and sitting it down? Or if it's a man, is he running through it versus zone where he sits it down or whatever? I mean, he's so big and strong, he probably wasn't even asked to do those things. That's one of the beauties of a guy like that. Yeah. Because you don't have to, you know. And there's no bad habits. You, you, you can make you know? area code throws. Absolutely. <laughs> that stood out yesterday, too. Yeah. I mean, there was. I, I thought the tight end group in general stood out to me. Fryermuth looks really sharp. Hayward, to me, is really shifty and explosive out of his cuts as just a route runner and as a weapon. I know you call him a fullback. I still call him a tight end. I don't think it matters. I'm not sure what he's listed on the depth chart at this call point. Call him an H-back. Yeah, right. He's his own beast, but he's hard to play against. Yeah. I, I You know, again, I know you like to tinker with those lineup things. Yeah. Um, you know, they could really come out in a four tight end set. I know. And I know. still be dangerous. Yeah. It's funny. I, I wrote uh, the article I wrote this week was all based on that offensive things they can do. And the short of it is, I'm really excited. It doesn't matter what names are on the, the jerseys when it comes to the preseason. I'm curious if we're going to see six offensive line sets because they used to do that a lot yeah. before last year because they usually had a good swing tackle and they absolutely will this year, barring injury three tight end sets if you count Hayward as a tight end I mean that's something around the league the the Chiefs were at the top of the league in that uh, Denver or uh, the Browns used to do a ton of it with Najoku and uh, Hunter Henry who was the, 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 the Hooper and those Hooper, guys yeah. and that's hard to play against and, and even four receiver sets I mean you might yeah. see four wideouts on the field a fair amount and again I don't care what names they are but if we see more of those personnel groupings in preseason I'll be pretty excited yeah, I, I think I mean you could line up in a in a in a, a formation with six offensive linemen mm-hmm. and four tight ends or four wideouts and throw the football. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you could throw Jones or Moore as your sixth tight end, Pickett and empty with Austin Pickens, Johnson, and Robinson. I mean that looks like pass all day long. You're going to get dime, but the other thing, no offense to Ben. Pickett can just – that could be quarterback draw. Quarterback draw, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you have a really light box, if you Misdirection have a five or six-man box, yeah. right, 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 he might just be like – Naked boot and he, he goes 30 yards. Right, right, right. I mean, so the, the fact that you have a running quarterback, too, really makes that difficult. And, like, the example I used is, like, I know the Bills aren't on the schedule, but more than any defense in the league, they're in nickel. They're, they, like, four defensive linemen, two linebackers, used to be Edmonds and Milano, and five defensive backs. Well, if, if you're playing the Bills and they're – pretty darn committed to being a nickel well maybe you come out with 
three tight ends yeah. and an extra line. We're going to bludgeon you, and you, get you yeah. until you get out of this. Or the opposite. You know, you come out in four wide when they should be in dime, and they don't make the adjustments. Right. Or, you know, or both, and see which works better. That, that's more the, 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 the crux of it is we're just going to throw a lot of stuff at you early, and whatever you don't handle, we're going to stick with. You know? Yeah, I think that's what gets a, a, a little bit overlooked early in games when people talk yeah. about you know, scripting plays. The scripting of plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're scripting plays not just to try to score. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're trying to score. But you want to see how the defense reacts to what you're doing. I think that's the most important. I mean, if you could give all the play callers in the league true serum, I think that the scripted plays part is collecting data. Yeah. You know, like Sean Payton okay. was kind when, of known when we for go that. To, when we go to three wides and they're all bunched on the right side, right. here's formation. what they did. Right, 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 right. So then you come back to it in the third quarter. You know what they're going to – you know how mm-hmm. they're going to defend it. And now you've 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 figured out the adjustments you need to make off of that maybe at halftime or whatever. Yeah. Okay. When they when they show us this, here's what we're gonna do. So to bring it back to the Steelers, and this isn't being critical. This is the cards they had in their hand. They were a heavy 11 personnel team, especially pre Claypool trade, and then a heavy 12 personnel team after Claypool, where Gentry snaps went up for Claypool. Yeah. And very quickly, I'm sure the whole offensive coaching staff could be like, well. If we're playing the Saints, the Browns, the Bears, whoever this week, they view our offense this way when we're in 11. They view their offense this way when we're in 12. So we immediately know what defensive players will be on the field just for those two personnel groupings, let alone the hundreds they can put out now or the 50 they can put out now. So, okay, you know that you're getting dime versus this one, you're getting nickel versus this or base, nickel, whatever. And then you start fiddling with, well, what if we put both tight ends on the same side? Or, you know, that type of things. And then how do they adjust to it? I mean, so once you gather all that data, then you can start saying, well, they didn't practice this. Right. (laughs) So they checked the cover, too. And going back to our discussion with Cole Holcomb yesterday, that's how you end up with an inside linebacker matched up on a wide receiver. Happens in every game and every year. Every game. Right, right, right. And it's, it's a mismatch. That's why the offense coordinators get paid, too. That's why you're trying to scheme those things up. Mm -hmm. And it happens to every team in the league. It's not just the Steelers. Of course. um, They sometimes get that matchup, too. Nobody ever criticized. I remember when Chase Claypool a couple years ago against the Dolphins, I believe it was, at Heinz Field, got matched up on their inside linebacker down the seam for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Nobody ever said anything about that. Like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, right. He beat their inside linebacker for a touchdown. Right. It's their big, speedy wide receiver, and yep. and they, they matched up a linebacker on. With it. all respect to Claypool, that's a play caller touchdown. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. That, that's a scheme touchdown that most receivers should win that, or every receiver, every should, receiver should, should win basically that, yeah. win that. Assume it's protected right and all that good stuff. Right. So yeah, I mean it. It happens to everybody, um, but now I'm really hoping, and again, that was the crux of the article is we see a lot of different stuff than 11 and 12 you know yeah, you could be much more diverse much more diverse and there is something i even said this in the article too like there is some credence to lombardi runs his sweep yeah. you know, we're gonna you, do you, this still and you your bread stop and butter yeah. right 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 There's, if you find something that they're not stopping right you continue to i remember the game against the bengals a few years back where they they did the the DeCastro pulling around left end mm-hmm. and just bludgeoning Vontez perfect time, like six straight plays. <laughs> right. Uh, stop it. Put it up on the scoreboard. You know, right. <laughs> we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again, yeah. <laughs> when I was a pit, we used to throw fades to Larry. Stop it. Every time. Yeah. You know, why would we not? Everybody know? watching at home was calling. Right. You know, let I alone mean, the – We might as well just, you know, here, this one's going up to Larry. Um, what was I going to say on that? So, there can be too many – so, 
there's the theory of the best restaurants serve five things. Right. They don't have the cheesecake factory menu. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're, everything's okay, but nothing's phenomenal. But I want to see, just from personnel groupings, an expanded menu. You have to have your bread and butter, and then you expand yeah, yeah, off yeah, of yeah. that. Yeah, and they didn't really didn't have the horses to do it, especially post Claypool trade in Austin being injured and you know et cetera. But so I, I, I'm really excited about that aspect of it too, and just watching these guys run around at those positions. You know, even the Calvin Austins and Haywards and guys like that that aren't going to get 60 snaps a game. They're useful NFL players. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to a special edition of The Drive here on ESPN 970 and Steelers Nation Radio. We are live from the Steelers OTAs here on the south side, and we will be back with more right after this. Black and gold football lives here. What a play! 24-7. You're listening to SNR Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to this special edition of The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, and we are live at Steelers OTA session number two. We'll be here until noon. As I mentioned before, we'll be joined at the top of the hour or sometime there soon after by Steelers' new cornerback, uh, Patrick Peterson. So looking forward to that. You don't want to miss that, so stay right here tuned in with us. Uh, we will take you uh, through all of everything that's going on here today. Uh, Matt, I did want to talk about a little bit more, and, and I know it seems like we're talking a lot about the offense, mm-hmm. but we should. Yeah, we should. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's a lot of new additions. I mean, they made some strides last year. They were super young. I mean, second-year quarterback, why wouldn't we talk about it? So, the number 10-ranked scoring offense in the league last year, do you know who it was and what they averaged? No, I don't. I didn't think that you would. <laughs> I wouldn't know that off so I will, I will tip. I will clue you in on that. Okay. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars hmm, okay. at 23.8 points per game. What I do know is I'm sure that's lower than the normal 10th yeah. highest. Yeah. 23.8 points per game was number 10 in the league last year. Wow. So that's well above average. Yes. That's in the top third. Yeah. Right. If you're looking for average, you're looking then down into the around the 21-ish. 21, yeah, yeah. 21, 21 and a half point range. Mm-hmm. People that don't think that the Steelers offense can do that – Right. I mean, that's what they averaged in the second half of the season last mm-hmm. year. So in their in their second half, they they were at like twenty point nine or something like that, which would have been twentieth in the league. Okay. If they do that over the course of a season, and that was with an offense that had twelve t- passing touchdowns. Sure. For the season, which that number is going to go up. Yes. You know, I mean, you and Boswell's I, not going to miss as many kicks as he he'll did. He'll have last a higher year. percentage. Yeah. No question. Um, are they over their red zone woes? I'm not willing to say that, but I bet it's better than it was a year ago. Yeah. I mean, and it could, has room to be drastically better. I mean, even if their league average is a red zone team, um, the weaponry, I think, is better. I mean, this time of year, everything looks rosy. I mean, Absolutely. it's not going to be that yeah. great. I mean, it, everyone's not going to get better and all those things. But the line looks better. The quarterback, I'm sure, will be better in his second season. And I think the weaponry and all the options like we laid out in the first hour are improved as well. Yeah, for sure. And so I look at that and say, you know, I look, for example, I'll take a look at that Jacksonville offense. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence in his second year. Yeah. They averaged 232.9 yards passing per game and 124.5 rushing yards per game. Okay. Those numbers are doable for this offense. They are. They are. I mean – 
I'm very impressed with Lawrence. I, I thought he had a tremendous year. I thought he made great strides after a disastrous, not his fault rookie season. But that offense isn't loaded. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, last year's version. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, Kirk and Zay Jones, I mean, are they great? Engram, they're fine. I mean, the O-line's a little above average. Um, ETN missed some time from what I remember. And, you know, it's not a phenomenal group. I, I would probably even still take the Steelers' other 10 or supporting cast over Jacksonville, certainly last year's version. I, I look at some of those other teams that are in that range. In that, uh, So you had the Dolphins at 23.4. They were 11th. They're kind of an odd one, though. Yeah. Because with they Tua, yeah. they were at the top of the league. Without them, they were kind of a disaster. Yeah. Third and fourth string quarterbacks. Yeah, the Raiders at 23.2. Okay. I mean, that was pretty much a full season of car. Yeah. You had the Chargers at 23.0. That's with Herbert. They're a good comparison, actually, because they were two of the worst offenses in the league in terms of explosive explosives. Um you know, Herbert, to me, is a, a nearly elite quarterback, but they had very little running game, didn't, you know, convert on many deep shots or help him much. I also think they were, like, the top of the league in drop passes. I just happened to hear that the other day, which, again, Herbert just was swimming upstream with yeah. what he was, what had around him. Uh, you had the Packers at 21.8. That's with Aaron Rodgers. That's with Rodgers, yeah. I mean, that's, and they that's, could run the ball. They could run the ball. And Rodgers wasn't the MVP form, you know, is that fat final season in Green Bay, but he's still a pretty good football player. How about this team? The Falcons at 21.5. That's actually a pretty good comparison. Yeah. I mean. Because they ran the heck out of the ball. And they I averaged 159.9 yards rushing per game. I have mixed feelings about Ritter, but I thought Mariota really, really did not play well last year as a starter. Um, but they ran the ball like crazy, and yeah. they scored scored points. You know, yeah. so that's a. I, I, I think it's even a paint by numbers. You know, a, a, a real lower you know bar to set. Well, here's because a, yeah, think, because they only average 158.8 yards passing per game. Mm-hmm. Steelers are going to be better than that. I say their passing game should eclipse what the Falcons were last easily. year. Easily, I mean, easily, easily. easily. Yeah. If they run the ball as well as Atlanta did last year. That's about as good as it gets in the league, yeah. you know. And I, I do think Smith's a real good play caller and all those things. But you should be able to mimic that at, at a minimum. How about the Giants at 21.5? That's another good one. Yeah. yeah. They averaged uh, 148.2 yards rushing per game, which the Steelers were at 146 in the second half mm-hmm. of last year when they went 7-2. and two. I mean, And they averaged 185.7 yards passing per game. Okay. I the mean, Steelers' pass catchers are Far and away better than what the Giants. That's what I was going to say. Is you know, we often, especially when we start talking fantasy and things, laugh at the the curse that's on <laughs> the, the, Giants the Giants wide receiver room. <laughs> I mean, that was as bad a group of wideouts and tight end when you incorporate that yeah. as there was in the league last year, and they still got to those numbers. Sure, they ran the ball, and Barkley's a good player. He's a really good player, but what was around him wasn't all that. I'd rather have this group by a thousand. Yeah, the Patriots were twenty one point four, but there's a caveat there. They had like seven return touchdowns. Oh, that's just the whole team. That's yeah. not the offensive. Yeah, that one's yeah. a little So, you know, you look at their offense as a whole, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. No, um, it was pretty dysfunctional. You know, really. you take those seven touchdowns out of the equation or even half of them. Yeah, it's a lot of points. And they're under 20. They're under you know. 20, yeah. Um, you had the, the Browns at 21.2. They, had, they averaged 146.5 yards rushing per game. They averaged 202.6 yards passing per game. Mm-hmm. Mostly with Brissett. Mostly with Brissett. Right, right. Like, th- I mean, the, the Watson era wasn't pretty. I look at the Steelers' offense, I think it's better than that. 
I mean, other than take, you know, Chubb's in the equation. Obviously. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah, and I, but I think this Steelers line that we're looking at is nearing what the Browns played with last year. Is one of the better lines out yeah. there. Not number one, but I mean, it's one of the better ones. So yeah. I, I don't have to squint real hard. Right, right. These to aren't. see where you know the Steelers finished last year at eighteen point one. That was they were atrocious early in the season. They were averaging fourteen points a game early in the year. Yeah, it was. It, it was they never dug out of that. In yeah. Terms of so the, to get to, to get to eighteen point one, you got to really start stacking some. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's what was so impressive totals. in some of their other categories, like time of possession, where they started so bad, and then ended up leading the league almost. You know, th- those type of things. But scoring points is harder than possessing the football. You know. So if if we look at last year's offensive numbers for the Steelers, mm-hmm. just what they averaged. But real quick, to back, I wanted to say this a second ago. Like the offenses you just laid out there when we went around the league, it's not the Chiefs with Kelsey and Ty- right. Ty- yeah, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's not elite. Even the Bengals with Chase and Higgins and Burrow and Mixon. I mean, they're not the most talented offenses in the league we're comparing them to. Right. So last year for the season, the Steelers averaged uh, 200.6 yards passing per game. Take the over or the under on that this year? Over. Over. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they averaged 121.9 yards rushing per game. Go over or under that. It's a pretty nice number all in all. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think I'll go over as well, but I'm being optimistic, so I if, guess. So if, if we look at where they were, so they were, the Bears led the league in rushing 177.3 yards mm-hmm. per game. No surprise there. The quarterback – one of the things about that, though, too, is they could be losing by 30. And they're still going to keep and running. And they're going to run. Yeah. That's all they had. So they're writing, They're running against light boxes late in games with a very talented rushing quarterback. So. Yeah. And some of that's not even by design. He's just taking right, it. Right, right, yeah. right. Or they didn't block anybody, so he just tucks it and runs. The Ravens were second at 160. Yeah, those are big numbers. Again, right, running right, quarterbacks. Right, are, yeah. The Falcons just missed, but th- they were in third place, 159.9. Okay. The and Giants were at 148.2. The Eagles were at 147.6. Again, another another running quarter. Yeah, Daniel Jones is as well. Oh, he absolutely yeah. is. I mean, I think he ran for like five or 600 yards last year, maybe more. You had the Browns at 146.5. They're just a good running game. Yeah. They don't throw it particularly well. No, they didn't. They did. Yeah, they didn't. We'll see what that turns into. The Bills were at 139.5. And again, that was but a Allen's lot of quarterback. 600 of that. Yeah. The 49ers were 138.8. Okay, I get that. Yeah, I mean, they just—they're a really efficient offense. The Cowboys were at one thirty-five point two. The Panthers were at one thirty. The Lions were at one twenty-eight point two. Panthers were another one. That's all they had. Yeah. at one point. So I, I look. So the Steelers averaged one hundred and forty-six yards rushing per game in, the in their, fi- in their final nine games okay. last year. That would put them Fourth just fish? ahead of the Bills, right behind the Browns. Okay, so over the like course of the fifth season, fifth or sixth, something like that. Yeah. 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 You do that. You do that, you'll be in really good shape. And your offensive line is better this year. It is better. And, yeah, I mean. You're going to control the clock. You're going to put the other team. You're going you're to shorten the game to the point where the other team is going into the game going, well, we're not going to get 12 possessions in this game. We're going to get nine. We're get nine. Right, right, right. And your defense is happier, of course. You hope you can incorporate play action and more deep shots and lure people into the box and. Pickett Pickett even takes more advantage of those situations or recognizes them better as a second-year player. Yeah, I mean, I always worry this time of year that you fall into the optimism trap. You know, well, I mean, this is this is the spring of you know eternal optimism, right? Everyone's going to get better. No one's going to get hurt. All your draft picks are going to hit. You know, everyone coming back from injury is going to be fine. I mean, I mean this across the league. I've been saying this for 
since I've been in the media, you know, that this is draft until training camp is the time of eternal optimism, which is good for the NFL. They keep the fan bases really engaged. But I'm afraid I am too optimistic about this offense because I really like where they're at compared to 365 days ago sitting here doing the exact same shows. Yeah. Well, I, just, I just know what we saw over the course of that second half of the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the games that they didn't score in, there was, you know, that game against the Raiders. Uh, we just mentioned the Raiders had one of the top – they were just outside the top ten in offense. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a 13-10 game because it was like minus it was, seven. Yeah, freezing there. Like nobody was scoring a bunch of points in that game. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes isn't putting 30 on the board in that game. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it, that is another thing too. And these small sample size 16-17 game schedules or whatever, if you're the Browns or the Bills or, you know, New England and you have three home games at the end of the year – you're probably not going to score as much as Arizona and San Francisco and, you know, Houston. Yeah, some of these dome right, right. teams or good weather teams. Right. So you have to be built for that, which, again, takes me back to the running. Right, right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> you better be able to run the football if you play football in the Northeast. And unless you live under a rock, I, I don't think that the, the, the game plan is going to change a whole heck of a lot. You know, I mean, they established something last year. Their offseason moves imply they're not going to get away from being at least a very physical team, starting with the run game. And, you know, the way we've described it a little bit was trying to build a house. And in the first half of the year, it felt like you're trying to put you're trying to put walls up and they keep falling back down because you haven't built the foundation. Right. Exactly. You know, and and what what where is our foundation? You started with the roof. (laughs) (laughs) But the second half of the year, I think if you build a story, someone will write a book someday about the picket led offense or whatever, that it kind of starts that week nine. You know, that there was some concrete poured. There was a foundation built. wasn't super pretty. You know, the, the, the windows needed painted still, and the electricity was half installed and all that good stuff. But the foundation was built last year, and this offseason might really be the second floor of the house. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, you look at the Steelers as a whole last year. They had 3,400 yards passing. And, you know, I've, I've seen and heard some stuff out there. Well, if Pickett throws for 3,000 yards this year in 19 touchdowns, that, that's a good year. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No. 3,400, you got to average, I mean, 200 yards passing for him is not going to be. No, that's not okay. Yeah. No, that's not I wouldn't be okay with that. I'm not on board with that. No, not, not at all. I mean, I think you got to aim higher than that. Uh, you got to drive the ball down the field more. You got to attack the middle of the field more. And you could also, you know, just because the numbers – for the run game and the pass game could both go up. And that doesn't mean you're going to score a ton more points, but I do think you need to – 200 yards a game through the air is not enough in today's NFL. No, absolutely not. Now. I mean, if you start looking at the teams that, that average less than that, it's it's a very short list. I'm uh, sure it's Atlanta. I'm sure it's Chicago. Yeah. Chicago, Atlanta, Tennessee, Carolina, Baltimore, the Rams, the Giants, the Texans. Yeah, those are the worst offenses out there or, or the ones that can only run. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We're going to take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to a special edition of The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio, live from the Steeler OTA sessions here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. We'll be back with more right after this. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. 